You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Todd Molis. Yay. So, Todd. I don't know. I did that. <laughs> it just makes you sound even cooler. But uh, Exactly, right? Tell us a little bit about yourself, man, and what do you do professionally? Well, I actually uh, recently left a career in quality analysis, which is a, a fancy way for doing I tested software. <laughs> uh, but I'm actually just doing full-time student work. Full-time podcasting and I'm a stay-at-home dad. It's funny. You said, uh, you said, uh, what do you call it? Um, quality I, analysis. Quality analysis. Immediately, I thought in my head you were testing like the pH levels of pools for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same thing you would do for a pool, except for it's just for a shitty software. <laughs> what types of things did you like? How did you even dive into the world of quality analysis? Well, so I actually started working for a call center. Uh, that was based out for working for a home warranty company. And I was able to work my way into their IT department, even though I didn't have prior experience and was able to start doing processes with their software, helping them build softwares and um, finding automation software for doing manual tests and automated tests. So I really kind of, it was just about working my way up. I didn't have any plans of going into that. Um, but since I worked several years doing the IT work with quality analysis and some help desk materials, that's what I'm getting my bachelor's in now is I'm going towards uh, software development with a uh, influence with quality analysis. So uh, like, so did you do the IT like help desk, like, you know, the person you call when you can't get your router on or trying to reset your network? So that's not where I started, but after working in IT for several years, they eventually were able to teach me some more hands-on things with Help Desk. And uh, it, Help Desk was really cool because you got to just run around and fix stuff. And you actually got to see face-to-face -face with people and they're, oh, wow, you actually fixed something. That's awesome. Uh, but to be honest, I don't know if you ever watched the TV show, the It Crowd, IT Crowd. Yeah. Literally, like 90% of the requests you would get, it's just, okay, did you turn it off and turn it back on? It's the, the lighting <laughs> on. It's talking to me. Uh, yeah. I wanted to look up the statistic of how many people at an IT or just help desks, like dealing with routers and networking, how many of them go to the top of their building, look off the ledge, and just consider jumping with the amount of dumbasses they must <laughs> deal with on a daily basis. Uh, uh, it was, there was one day I was taking a smoke break and I was like, dear Lord in heaven, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this much longer. And three requests in a row were stating they were having problems with their computer. I went and they had just accidentally unplugged the computer with their foot down by the, like, that's, Oh God. So like they, Oh, my computer won't even turn on. I'm, I've been clicking the button. Oh, it's, you don't have anything plugged in. Okay. All right, we can oh, do this. Oh, it was supposed to be plugged in. Yeah. All right. So you're gonna take the you're gonna take that little plug. You're gonna plug it right into your outlet. Okay. You're gonna do that. All right. All right. Yeah, you know so what? I know it's very complicated. Once you get that plugged in, there is a very rare sequence of coding you're gonna have to put into your computer. Uh, this is Hank. He's a unicorn. He's gonna help you walk you through that process. But take notes because I'm only going to tell you once. Okay, you're not getting it. All right, I want you to grab a toaster from the kitchen, walk up, turn the water on in your bathtub. <laughs> yeah. At that point, like it gets difficult. Like I've been on hold for four hours trying to get a 55 inch TV. Yeah, baller status. I've been oh, trying wow. to get it fixed. And I was on the phone most of my Saturday for three hours on hold, just listening to the shitty elevator music. I'm like, they're not even playing anything good. It's just a. Yeah. You're uh, the next available supervisor will be able to help you momentarily. Oh. You've been saying that for three hours. Right. And you never really know what type of jazz you're going to get. It can it's either be a really slow, uncomfortable jazz or like a, damn, okay, I'm feeling it for a second here. 
Yeah, they got a nice beat in there. You're like, okay, all right. Put it in the new mixtape. <laughs> it's funny because once they finally picked up, I said the worst thing you cannot say. I said, thank fucking God. They hung up on me and I had to call Because <laughs> uh, apparently oh, yeah. you guys hold the power in that aspect of when if mm. someone calls you and they use any type of language, you can immediately hang up on them. Oh, yeah. I think that was probably my favorite part of being in quality analysis for a company that was a call center. I had access to listen to all of the calls. And every once in a while, I would even have to help with like grading certain calls. And oh, my gosh, some of the amazing stuff that homeowners and customers will say, it, it's, it's just gold. You can't even make it up. I have a buddy that works IT for a casino. And he talks about like, this is what I do on a daily basis. This is him watching Simpsons with a freaking headset on or playing World of Warcraft <laughs> on the computer. I'm like, dude, you're at a job right now. He's like, yeah, there's not shit that breaks down here. And if it does, <laughs> it's so simple to fix where I literally just get paid to do nothing. Right. Like, can I get a job there? He's like, do you have any IT experience? I'm like, no, but I'm pretty sure I can walk through any dumbass on how to turn on their network. Yeah, you're like, uh, no, but I, I know how to use my fucking eyes. And yeah. uh, most of the time they... They steer me to the right answer. <laughs> I know what it means when it says on and off, but I still call right. you guys when my internet's out because I'm wondering what the hell's happening. And in my area, we have a bad internet service and we only have one provider. So oh, it's like it all um, goes down. Yeah. So we're screwed. And it's always the power outages at the worst times, like 5 p.m. till like 10 p.m. You're out of internet. <laughs> I'm like, hold on a second. I just got home. I want to watch TV and I can't watch TV. Yeah, we're experiencing power outages at this moment in time. Just a heads up. I'm like, why would you do a system maintenance thing at yeah. that time period? That's right when people are. Sir, it's, to be fair, it was scheduled maintenance. So it's kind of your fault. I don't mean I to sound like, like to a bitch. but book an appointment with my foot and uh, the meeting place would be your ass. Um, <laughs> I, it's funny because like this is this is something I kind of wanted to talk to you about because you're very interested in these things. You actually do a podcast on it. Yeah, it's conspiracy theories. Oh yeah. So what about conspiracy theories? Do you find fascinating? So what what's really fun for me is I love almost every single conspiracy theory, but to be honest with you, I only believe in about two percent of them. Uh, I am I'm just storyteller. I love stories, no matter what context it is but conspiracy theories are always they have always had a special place in my heart i guess you could say because they are such rich stories that are laced throughout history that are in pop culture they involve supernatural paranormal superpower shit i don't know and it's just the fact that sometimes it can be real and most of the times it's not, and that's okay. It's just kind of fun to joke about it. My theory for conspiracy theories, the reason why people are so in love with them is because it creates a sense of mystery in a life oh, that yeah. does seem pretty fucking bland. I think for sure. the, the best parts about it is like if it gives you an alternate view on history, such as like I would like to think that Leonardo da Vinci worked with Ezio Auditore from the Assassin's Creed series. Uh, <laughs> that made me even dive in. That game made me dive Oh, yeah. In learning about Leonardo da Vinci and actual history but yeah I had a half of a direction at least the entire time I was playing that game man I can tell you that much <laughs> it's literally like I, I so what conspiracy theories do you find are the most fascinating like ones that pop in your mind like holy shit and which ones have you found out to be real because I feel like what makes them so entertaining is the idea that we want mystery in a life that is boring so that, exactly. that's why that's why Bigfoot that's why Nessie all these things that's why there's people going out there pursuing that because they don't want to think that this life is just what it seems. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, I agree. It's, it's finding those things where it's still real enough to where you can understand that's true, but that it just adds excitement to things that are plain and boring. Um, well, some, some of my favorite conspiracies for sure. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Mandela effect just because that one is fun. That's a, that's 100% true, though. I don't consider that a conspiracy. <laughs> only, on the exactly, exactly. only on the concept of you. I have the best prime example, actually, a couple prime examples that I actually was going to use for the Star Wars podcast. This guy wanted me to be. Oh, on. yeah. So, C3PO. Mm -hmm. okay. It's fucking leg, man. It's leg. It's silver. Nobody fucking talks about no. that. The toys yes. even got it wrong. They painted them all gold. There you go. Mm -hmm. effect. Mm -hmm. Also, in the movie with uh, Tommy Boy, where he's speaking into the fan. He's oh, yeah. Saying, he's saying, Luke, 
I am your father. And it's like, right? that's, that's not what Come he on. actually said. No, and that's what's so funny is doing like a deep dive into Mandela effects. I went through a list of 800 Mandela effects when I was doing our episode on it. And holy cow, some of them are mind blowing. It's I was shaking. I was like, there's there's no way there's no way I, I, I know for a fact that the Raisin Bran son wore some fucking sunglasses at one point or <laughs> sunglasses. Never wore sunglasses, apparently. I mean, come on. But then there's other ones where I can kind of understand maybe a movie. There's a lot that they blame on comedians. Jim Carrey's another big one for skewing a lot of well-known sayings, apparently. But I don't know. Man, it's, it's, it's so much mystery to be left into the world. It really, like, all right, so one theory I really, really heard that kind of made me think, and I'm open to everything. I'm trying okay. to be as open as possible, at least understanding whether I believe it or not. That's fair. I think that I had someone talk to who's a religious person, but he said that he believed we came from Mars. And I'm not talking about Mars like we were mm. an old Martian race. Yeah. That believe that when the Big Bang was happening, all these particles came together, that a meteor hit Mars. Just like when you look at the moon, you see the giant craters in it. That's from meteor impacts. Okay. So he of said course. that. A meteor hit Mars and these particles floated and got stuck into our gravitational pull and brought down onto Earth. And then we evolved like Spore, that video game. We evolved yeah. from these little particles from a different planet and became the things we are today. Yeah, well, any conspiracy theory that involves relating to a video game, I try to actively believe in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it but I mean, it's, it's, it's a little out there, but I... I mean, there's at least more thought put into it than I believe most religions to be, so I won't bag him on that. Well, I think your I think your idol is probably Alex Jones in a way. Um, oh man, he but he says some shit though, where it's like, all right, man, come on, and then he says some stuff where you're like, is that true? And let me tell you something. He talked about like that one podcast he did with Joe Rogan, where they podcast mm -hmm. for like four hours long. I was pausing it every five minutes after Alex Jones went on a rant, and half of the shit that he was talking about that I looked up was real. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I, I will make just a notation here. I actually hate Alex Jones. What? I, I, I do appreciate and respect him for a lot of these theories that, like you said, he knows a lot about and some can be true, but he just gives a bad name to conspiracy theorists is the main problem. A lot of these, these major conspiracy theories, which is, I think, kind of separates me from a lot of other conspiracy theorists is I, I love the stories and I love to have fun with them and I like to do a lot of research into them. But when I find that a theory, I would have to believe in it so much that I'm ta attacking pedestrians over it. That's, that's a, that's a bad go about for conspiracy theorists, I think is one of the problems. So he's, he's got a lot of cool information, but uh, there's a, there's a lot of other sources out there that are uh what's the best way to do it um less of a dick <laughs> yeah he definitely comes out a little bit too strong i think he doesn't he gets too uh emotional and too like overwhelmed with things and just starts screaming which is when you start to lose your audience in a way <laughs> yeah um his thing about the frogs and the crops and all that then turning the frogs gay that's <laughs> what people contribute to him being conspiracy theorists but like yeah when it comes to some stuff that we do have, there's been known to be facts on these things. I actually went to a, oh, thrift, sure. a thrift store and bought a book called Great American Conspiracy Theory. So I want you to kind of tell me nice. what one conspiracy theory. I'm going to give you a conspiracy theory, and then we just kind awesome. of go back and forth until one of us figures out who's nuttier than the other. All right, let's do it. So you want to start off? Yeah. Uh, another really good conspiracy theory right off the bat. Have you heard of the Philadelphia Experiment? I have heard of the Philadelphia experiment linked with, uh, what do you call it, MKUltra? Uh, yeah, similar, uh, slightly known as the Montauk Project as well. So the ones that Stranger Things came from? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, so that, that theory is a lot of fun, but it's definitely one that's very on the line of being uh, just a little too far out there. Why do you consider it being a little too far out there? The fact that a ship, a naval ship transported basically across the globe and then back? So that, I mean, as, as silly as that sounds, I still think that's fine. My biggest problem is when it comes to the witnesses of the conspiracy. I think that's what's hard is a lot of the times a conspiracy can only be as strong as the main theorists pushing it. And so when you have people like Al Bielik, who claims he was, he was transported into three different people's bodies and he was 
time traveled into the 2000s and then into the 6000s and then reversed back into time into the 1800s or when you have someone like uh, Carlos Arena, uh, uh, I think it is, uh, also known as Carl Allen. Uh, I mean, and some of these people, this is what governments will kind of push to decredit a conspiracy theory, I'll be honest, but he's a known, he's known for having schizophrenia and having a drug problem. And so it, it's, you know, it's trying to take a conspiracy theory, but also kind of give it the same amount of credibility as you would if you were trying to prove a, a law case or something. If you don't have a credible witness or a credible theorist pushing it, sometimes it's hard to state if you if you can understand if those are facts or just someone's crazy opinions. I think it's hard. You have to try and look at all sources and information. You have to be as open-minded as possible. I think one conspiracy theory sure. that a lot of Americans really try and want to figure out what's going on with is the fact of the JFK assassination. Oh, I yeah. That's for yeah years now. Too many people are trying to figure this out. And the last uh, 500 documents on JFK's assassination was actually released in 2017, but Trump kept 50 of them from the public. So I believe that he only released 450 and we're sitting there like, what are on those 50 documents? So JFK mm -hmm. from apparently had a planned route and eventually they diverged to get more publicity on his ride and just to kind of give like an extra boost to his, I guess, esteem as being a president during the conflicts we were dealing with. But he has this famous speech that only a lot of people remember the secret words from like an eye for an eye will make the whole world blind. You know, this whole sayings that he had in his most famous speech. If you actually listen mm -hmm. to the full thing, he goes, yeah, and I'm about to do a JFK impression. So bear with me. He goes, I do not think <laughs> it would be right as people to think if there was a corrupt society. And if there is one, I will expose it. There is a working in the midst, a puppet industry and he started going off about this stuff basically hinting yeah. that there's an illuminati or this type of upper hand that's controlling people and making them act in a certain way like little puppets and i'm oh, like dude yeah six months after that speech he gets killed come on there's a lot of depth well and so i've done a lot of research into the jfk assassination and to be honest i didn't start believing in more of those conspiracies until i also started researching marilyn monroe's death that was a big one where that once you understand both sides to that as well, it adds a lot more depth to even, even the government side of it. What and about Marilyn Monroe? Because I don't know too much about this one. So, yeah, Marilyn Monroe was, uh, she died shortly after JFK was assassinated. And she was just, uh, she was not diagnosed. I guess the reason why she died was an accidental overdose is what they claimed. Um, but she had a guard watching her at, in her room, like not in the room, but watching the house. And they claimed no one came in and out of the house at all. But the guard worked for the CIA. The guard was there watching because they knew he was that she was connected to JFK. So like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of you. But it was kind of uh, a false sense of hope. I think they gave her in her being safe. And they found that the the drugs that she overdosed from are drugs that she didn't even recreationally use. And there was a lot of connection to her trying to reach out to other family members in the Kennedy family after JFK's death. Uh, she was, uh, a lot of people are saying she's having a mental breakdown, but the things she was talking about weren't like, Oh, I miss him so much. It was, she was talking about people were after her. People were watching her and uh, her family you know, they, they weren't very close. They were very distant. But even her family doesn't believe that she accidentally overdosed, which I granted it's hard to believe that one of your children would accidentally overdose. So, of course, you'd want to blame it on someone. But so looking into my book about great American conspiracy theories, I found the one on uh, Marilyn Monroe. And they said the original call that apparently Monroe um I forgot what his name is. Let's see. Uh, so Marilyn Monroe was found dead in her home in Brentwood, California, on the evening of August 4th. She was visited by her psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson. Then she made several phone calls from her bedroom, including one to actor Peter Lawford, a Kennedy family confidant. Mm -hmm. Late that night, Monroe's housekeeper, Eunice Murray, noticed a light coming from under the actress's bedroom door, which she thought was odd. When Monroe didn't respond to her knocks, Murray went around to the side of the house and peered through the bedroom window. 
Monroe looked peculiar. Murray later told police, so she called Greenson, who broke into Monroe's bedroom and found her on the bed unconscious. Greenson then called Monroe's personal physician, Dr. Hyman Engelberg, who pronounced the actress dead. It was then that the police were notified. Los Angeles yeah. police, St. Jack Clemens, was the first on the scene. He said he found Monroe naked and face down on her bed with an empty bottle of sleeping pills nearby. A variety of other pills littered across the nightstand. Then her body was taken to Westwood Village Mortuary and transferred to the city morgue. And the guy immediately concluded her death in the official autopsy report, saying the actress had died from an overdose of Nembutal, a sleeping pill, and coral hydrate, a mild sedative, and ruled that it was probably a suicide. But apparently there was mistakings with the conspiracy theorists that believe Monroe was murdered about her death was made look like a suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, By who? They do not know. But they think it was something with the Kennedy family had killed her to avoid some type of scandal, like you were saying. Exactly. What type of scandals and information do you think that she had that could be against the Kennedys? Well, so, I mean, there's rumors, of course, of JFK and Marilyn Monroe being way closer than it made it sound. It wasn't just an affair that they had or they had a couple of goes. I mean, they believe that Marilyn Monroe and JFK were in love and they had been seeing each other for a long time. And so, I mean, if you think about someone you're that close with, but you're the president, you have all these secrets, you know, I mean, and it may not like conspiracy thinking minded, it could, you know, he could to have information about Area 51 at that time. He could have information about uh, MK Ultra. He could have information about the faked moon landing. But I mean, even just being more reserved, it could have something to do with he told her information about things that was going on with Cuba. Uh, they could just he could have just been telling her more top secret information that it wasn't crazy to want to tell her about, but you can't just let information like that out, especially if there's going to be secret negotiations between governments. I think when it comes down to the JFK assassination, one fact when I was reading the article was really, really fascinating for me was the fact that, you know, when you get shot, like there's three shots that happened. Okay. Um, if you, have you ever seen the video? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Well, one goes through his neck, one goes through his shoulder, and the, the one hits him in the head, okay, the end all. But the weird thing was the fact that he wasn't bending down. I always thought it was weird. Like, someone gets shot, the first thing you do is go forward, especially from a high-caliber rifle. Oh, yeah. So that made me question. And it turns out before that, they immediately rushed him to the hospital um, about his back because he had chronic back pain, and his doctor gave him a back brace. So... But this is before his trip and everything. I think it was like a couple weeks before. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why he couldn't bend down was this brace kind of went from the waist up to the lower part under the nipples of the chest. Mm-hmm. And it kept, it kept him from bending down. So yeah. when he got shot, this thing literally kept him prop up, propped up to keep getting shot. So he couldn't avoid it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh, was that a plan? I don't know. But it, can you rule it out? I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and maybe that wasn't part of the plan, but if, if it was an inside job done through the American government, then that's at least something they would know to tell their assassin. I mean, that's... And you talk to the, like, there's a podcast with a guy that was one of the CIA type uh, bodyguards, one of the Secret mm-hmm. Service men, and he was going off saying, like, if he was only a minute faster, if he was only a minute quicker, you know, he was just a little late on the draw, like, he would have took a bullet for this guy's life. Mm-hmm. And... You know, he talks about it like literally it, it kind of gets depressing about how he just explains he cl- claims it's all his fault and everything. And it's it literally was nothing out of his control. Like they got to do their best to protect the president. But, you know, the Kennedys have been known to get rid of people that go against them in a way, kind of like the oh, Clintons for sure. a little bit. I mean, well, they're a powerful family. Yeah. Well, and even if you do more research into the Kennedys and, you know, it's kind of cool that you were talking about how JFK gave that speech, how he was talking about there's possibly like a background, you know, one percenters, those that new world order Illuminati type figure. He called it a shadow society. Yeah. Shadow society. Because, I mean, who better to know information about a shadow society than one of the Kennedys? Uh, That's that's one of the families that has long time thought to have believed to be a part of the Illuminati, Illuminati just like uh, the Rockefellers. And if, if anything came out an official statement by a Rockefeller, I'm not too conspiracy theory minded, but I honestly wouldn't believe it. I mean, <laughs> they were trying to make a, some type of 
public speech, I I would think it's just all planned. There's nothing. Have you ever heard of Operation Cherry Blossoms at Night? Oh, that sounds familiar, but I'm not. It's not ringing a bell right now. So, what's the worst group you can possibly think of when I say human experimentation? Oh, well, I mean, CIA has done lots of human experimentation. I mean, also the Nazi scientists exactly. as well. The Nazis. You know who's worse than the Nazis that no one talks about? Unit 731. Unit 731 was led by Hiro Ishii. They used to do vivisections on people while they were alive and then yeah. time it to see how long they would bleed out. I that, don't was done in, that was done in the Japanese camps, right? They were pretending yeah. that was the factory that was supposedly just a wood factory or a lumber factory. They called the people logs. Mm-hmm. And they Fucked had a, up, right? <laughs> and you know the the freaking weird ass name they gave those that group of people that were literally capturing people in vans from different towns and taking them and experimenting on them. They called them the biomedical tissue services of Japan. That's some fucking some like shit, right? That's like a title. Like, wait a minute. Like, that's calling yourself the mailman, but you slowly just murder neighborhood pets in the area. Like, yeah. that's how do you? But it's also such a, an official name that you're like, oh, I mean, that sounds. Just like something a government person would be doing, right? Can't can't mess with the biomedical tissue services of Japan. Try saying that three times fast. Yeah, no thanks. It's funny (laughs) because Unit 731 did horrific acts, and a lot of the doctors, like, we let them go. Like, we gave forgave them for their crimes just based on the research. This is part of the stuff with the Nuremberg trials that came out with all the Nazi scientists. Mm -hmm. There were over 50-something involved, but we only condemned 18 of them. It's all just the same shit, just like with uh, Operation Paperclip. We did an episode on that recently. And yeah, it's, it's, and my co host Regis uh, believes in this a little more than I do, but I, I, I get it though. But his opinion more is bad shit's going to happen, but at some point we have to find out what the limits of humans are. And if somebody's already done it and we have a way of finding out that information without having to do it ourselves, Okay, then let's get that information. I don't personally agree that we should have pardoned them from their war crimes, but I mean, at the same time, medically, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we're at if we didn't have all that information. Well, the Operation Paperclip's the reason why we won the space race. <laughs> Allegedly. Well, I mean, the way, yes. I, the, way I, <laughs> the way I see it is like people want to talk about, no, it's because America was better. I don't even think we landed no, on the moon. No, it's because Germany was better. We, yeah, I don't think we landed on the moon when we said we landed on the moon, to be honest with you. Um, I, all the fake footage, all that fake stuff, I, I believe yeah. in that on the concept of, I definitely think it was a propaganda act. Like, hey, For sure. send this over to Russia so they think we landed there first, so they stopped going there or stop trying to progress as fast and we can Mm -hmm. meet them there actually and then show oh yeah this is us on it now you know what i mean i think it was kind of one giant ploy for attention but when it came to operation paperclip now russia america and japan all got to choose which scientists they wanted okay america chose the ones that were involved with the space race anybody that knows about operation paperclip the reason why they called it is they had a folder that was attached to the person that told them what research department they were working in we picked Mm -hmm. all the ones for the space program russia picked all the one for the biological programs the ones dealing this is why they started dealing with psychological warriors they thought that there was a way to turn warriors into psychic beings like types of them you ever seen the movie men who stared goats oh yeah Okay, that movie is based on an actual thing called Project Jedi, and that actually happened an hour away from where I live. My mom went to that high school. They actually did this type of things where they were training these psychological peace warriors, or known as Jedi, and they Mm -hmm. used a lot of remote viewing. Um, Obama actually came out and said that he tried remote viewing to help pinpoint Osama bin Laden's location. But for anybody that knows remote viewing, it's literally like, you tell me where what state you're in. I go, okay, so you live near this city, this city, and this city. You're somewhere in this area. Oh, yeah. Um, you just basically labeled the whole outskirts of the state and then just told me I was inside of it. So, yeah, I do yeah. live inside of the state. That's what remote viewing it's is. It's kind of just like a magician's trick, like, oh, this and that, or like a – uh, a psychic. They're giving you just enough specific information that they know it's right, but – it's still a very general guess, I guess. You could it's just say. like giving a general direction, like, oh, you mm-hmm. can, you know, there's a left coming up. It's like, all right, there's definitely a left coming up, but when? 
And it's like, I can't exactly. tell you that. I can just tell you there's a left coming up. So it's when you look at that. And so then Japan got the chemical people. And this is what happened when we decided to deal with Operation Cherry Blossoms at night. The whole reason why we invaded Germany was not only because the place was so small and becoming so powerful, it seemed like it was going to take over, was on the concept of they had a weapon with bubonic plague in it. Hitler had a weapon of bubonic plague. And we're like, we need to go in there and we need to get that because that's not that's there's no way that's happening that's going to end everybody everybody was like all right let's all work together real quick and neutralize this target all right because this is a problem what happened later was when the japanese people got the chemical um scientists they developed this thing and it was planned six months after pearl harbor so after the, after all that attack and after they surrendered, after we bombed them, they had a planned attack way before all this that was supposed to launch on San Francisco off the coast. It was supposed to be uh, six bombs in a submarine that were supposed to hit the coast of San Francisco and released 150 million ticks, not ticks, uh, fleas, each filled with bubonic plague. We would all be living in Japan right now. Right. It's, it's, it's totally nuts, man. It's crazy to see what they were working on and what could have happened. It's, it, it boggles my mind to think what would happen if we were just weren't that quick on the draw if something got to us first. I mean, there's so many times you could have zigged when you could have zagged. I think like the fact that we're not living in some Japan reality right now is just on the basis of how lucky we got or how close we were just to doing something first it seems like when you're the first to get something done before the other one they might have a better strategy but it's about who takes that first hit yeah i I totally agree it's uh crazy to think what kind of alternate reality we could have possibly had if things had turned out differently and like you said it's not who did it right it's who did it first do you think there's a thing known as like the butterfly effect? Like yeah, if you just make a subtle change or maybe this is why we haven't kind of dived into the realm of going backwards through time. Oh, Only yeah. on the concept of you're going to – there's stuff in the past that would affect the future. Like what happens if someone tried to stop the JFK assassination? Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally unpredictable. You, uh, I mean we wouldn't really know what could possibly happen. I mean – uh, we go. Somebody goes back in time, stops JFK. Then out of nowhere, uh, everyone gets born and they're having, being born with cancer. I don't know. It's crazy. Cause the butterfly it, effect is crazy. If you look at it's crazy. If you look at uh, <laughs> so much that goes on, like especially with JFK, everyone talks about him being one of the best presidents. Honestly, I think if he would have had more time in office, we probably would hate him just like every other president. Oh, yeah. It's well, and and everybody loves a martyr. Not not saying the things that JFK did weren't amazing, but you know he he died for his beliefs of as what he was fighting for in his presidency. So of course, America automatically makes the him a hero. Um, and you know, it's, it's it's like the same thing. I was listening to a podcast about uh, someone jokingly talking about assassinating Donald Trump, but if if he did that, then everybody would just. You know, there's he's got a low approval rate, but the people who like him would love him, and the people who hate him would go, "Oh man, wow, that's he died for what he believed in. That's crazy." And he would become this big grand martyr. You know what I mean? See, the fat thing is, it goes up to the Batman line from the movie where you know you, you die, die a hero, or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Exactly. I'm glad you yeah. finished it for me because it's it's true, man. You're gonna live to turn into a monster, basically, you know, um, Reagan, all these types of presidents that are seen as great presidents, you know, they had things about them that seemed a little bit mysterious. The whole factor of Reagan was the one that established a center that literally monitored alien technology and alien, like, well, right. they didn't say it was called an alien basin per se, but they said it would be dumb enough to think that we're the only ones in this universe. I'm saying if there is something out there, we should be aware right it's which like, is did our president just hint that there were fucking aliens right well and that's what that's what's really funny too is there's these presidents that are going into it and setting up these things about aliens and saying they believe in aliens but yet the government supposedly made a disclaimer in 1969 stating that we've done all the research and aliens don't exist i mean come on it's it's like it's all just a bunch of bullshit. This is why people want to go storm Area Fifty One. The attack that's not <laughs> going to happen. Sorry, no. folks, you missed because out. surprise, surprise, they can 
take us all. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is they're not going, the one person that went on to area 51 got shot. And then everybody's excuse to fix that would be like, well, there's going to be 600,000 of us. And I'm like, they're just going to line up more Humvees with turrets on yeah. them. It'll just make yeah. a really, it'll be a big day in history. That's for sure. But not because people got into area 51 and found aliens, but because there was a giant massacre at area 51. <laughs> Well, the problem is it's not the government that's the problem. It's the people that are in the government that's the problem. Yeah. Any government system has a corrupt thing about it. Have you ever heard of the thing called Project Sunshine? Yes. Okay, with Project Sunshine, we're digging up people's loved ones without telling them and testing radiation on their family members' bones that have been passed yeah. away. This is actually one of the reasons uh, with grave robbing where people were digging up their loved ones and taking them home because they were afraid that their loved ones were going to be fucked with. And yeah. we did this thing. Have you ever you seen the thing, the guy that came out about uh, late-term abortion? Yes. Okay. So I think it is possible that when a baby is born and if it has a birth defect, what they do is they tell the mother that the baby has died. And the guy was quoted saying this in the article, or actually in the video he was saying this. Mm-hmm. He goes and says – Um, We tell the mother the baby passed away and then there's some vans that come down and they get the baby and we get the stem cells and all the things we can use to have the biologically unsound baby. And he says it like that. It's like, did you just say you tell a mother her baby died because it has a birth defect? And then it was biologically unsound. It was just fucked up. I don't know what's wrong with it. Like, what did you just admit to doing? And then like, but that's true. Like, you got to think. That if that crooked shit can happen, if people, if the government's willing to go dig up your loved ones without letting you know that they're going to test radiation on them and then test them on babies as well by telling the mothers the baby died when really the baby's alive, they just need to test something. Mm -hmm. The thing is, when it comes to human experimentation, it's really fucking easy to do when the people do not look like you. The Guatemala syphilis experiments, the Tuskegee syphilis experiments, this is all shit like bam. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And so, well, and just to add some credence to that, it's, I mean, in Italy, in the early 1900s, over 3000 babies were sent into a child kidnap ring. And it was made up of nuns, nurses and doctors who would just tell the, the parents that their child had died. There wasn't any uh, evidence showing that they were using these babies to be scientifically tested on, but these babies were being sold like as sad as it is like little child prostitutes. These, that's what these little babies were. That's what was happening in Italy. And so if that can happen there to over 3000 people, then of course it can happen here in America or in Russia or in China. That's just how it works. Yeah. The Australian government was involved in Project Sunshine, but they paid reparations and all these things to the families, Mm -hmm. what they used. The only problem is a lot of people talk about America never apologized for the things they did to colored folk to do all these things. They never came out (laughs) with a public apology. I look at it like you're really holding on to some past stuff, but it's true. We never made an official thing we never officially said we're sorry for fucking doing this and then it makes them what they still want that and it's like but now it's affecting younger generations is affecting people that had no involvement in it whatsoever Mm -hmm. and it's where it goes and correlates to a whole different other problem what i'm saying is when it comes to area 51 when it comes to secret shit your government does you look at the government with the red white and blue you look at them like this this it is what's supposed to be, but sadly, that's not how it's run because it's run by mm-hmm. people and people are kind of fucked up. So I oh, think yeah. for Area 51, they're exi- like the best way to solve this issue is the government charges 50 bucks a head for each person that wants to go into Area 51. You want to see some shit? Guess what? We got some shit in there we don't want you to see because we think you can't handle it. But if you want to go in there and mess up your life, go full on ahead. Next yeah. thing you know, a person's going to walk out. They're going to have two fucking things going in their head. I fucking knew it. Or the other one where the guy's like, I didn't want to see any of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you're like, well, well I told you. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing is with that's what's rough with a lot of these conspiracy theorists that come out about stories. So going back to Al Bielik from the Philadelphia experiment, it's a prime example. He claims that uh, he, after all the things that he'd witnessed between the Montauk Project, Philadelphia Experiment, and MKUltra, uh, that he had to have his mind erased and that after... 30, 40 years, he's finally getting these repressed memories back. 
so, I mean, that could be true, but it also is hard because you don't have any family members that can claim their story sometimes. Uh, they, they seem like a not all the way there person. And so it's hard to take some of these people's claims seriously, especially if they have this elaborate story, but then they're making money from telling their story. I think that's a big thing that you would see if there was these people going to Area 51 and they were seeing all these crazy things, it would be hard because you still couldn't even really trust their their opinion because you never know if the government would have actually done anything to them or if they're just telling a story to get, you know, famous and make money. What's one thing that if you had to think would be more powerful than the government, what would you say would it be? I think it's religion, man. Oh, dude. It uh, seems like it's darker than the government. Like if the government ever went, went against religion, they don't even bother doing that. The government has literally contested everyone. They're afraid of the people because the people get together, it questions, it makes all this stuff happen and they feel empowered. They feel un, unpowered. It's the same uh, example, Pineapple Express in the beginning. Oh yeah, I love that movie, man. Yeah, that was apparently supposed to be like them banning marijuana because on the concept of it was making people question. Like you heard the guy go yeah. from I feel like a NASA slice of butter on a NASA. Right. Pair. Questioning authority. Flapjacks. But then he goes and starts talking about like why are we underground right now? Why is this why are we not right. getting this out there? This is real shit. This is the bee's knees. And then the guy goes, illegal and immediately locks it down. When you think of your superiors, what emotions do you feel? <laughs> and he starts to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Problem. Yeah, that's the thing. See, immediately when that question gets brought up, it's us questioning the government and what the government's doing. The same thing happened recently, or not recently, it's like a year ago or so, with PETA. Okay, I don't know if you've noticed, but there used to be animal on the animal crackers box. The animals used to be behind cages. Oh, yeah, that's true. PETA actually fought and said, this is what you know, this is cruel and humane to animals. And this was at the time the government was doing some kind of sketchy stuff in the midst when it comes to questionable uh, things. Yeah, yeah, like like they usually do. But it was giving them more attention. It was giving them more attention than what they wanted. So PETA was on their ass, like, you're gonna do this, or we're gonna worry. And like, like, oh, shit, they're getting really close to us. And they're affecting us on home turf right now. Let's give them a win. So they get off our backs. So they said, okay, we're going to pass this legislation where we're going to take off animal crackers. We're going to take the animals off behind the box. Okay, you're good. And then PETA took that was like, it's a fucking win. We won against the government people and the government's like, yeah. you." But that was just the scratch of the surface of what they wanted to achieve. You want a little skirmish. You haven't won the war. There's a bigger thing going on, but we're going to give you that. And they ran with it for so long. And I feel like now it's getting to the point again. Like we talk about, People talk about the conspiracy theory when it comes to crisis actors. They had that one guy that was on a school shooting and then six months later was in another one in a whole different place. Like, did you from California to Florida? It's like, did you really pay for the same fucking actor? And crisis actors are known. They're supposed to be people that are supposed to help out in emergency simulations to help with on-hand training for medical personnel and police law enforcement. So if we have this actual category called crisis actors, what's to think they just can't hire an actor to fake a shooting? Do I think the Sandy Hook stuff's fake? No. But when you have all this shit and it makes you question the government, you start to question what's real and what's not. Well, yeah. See, so uh, David Hogg was the crisis actor you were just referencing. And and that's exactly one of the major problems. I don't think there's specifically anything majorly wrong or right about having crisis actors. But I think the biggest problem is it's not that we're being dishonest in in the news media or anything like that. It's just that it will further this rabbit hole of distrust that the public already has against the government and already has against the media to where if if you can't have credible witnesses that are unpaid and actual people, then, I mean, you can't tell if it's a true story or if what they're saying is even true because sure it's going to be rehearsed and scripted and sure they could tell you, Oh yeah, but it was a true story from another witness who just wasn't able to speak at the time. But that's, it's just horseshit. You can't truly know if they're being honest or not. And that's just going to increase everyone's distrust, which distrust of the government is a major key driving power of how conspiracy theories keep getting made is just, we keep getting further and further away from 
the truth yeah, from the truth and believing what we're being told well the sad thing is when we create a fact when we create evidence it's it only lasts like 10 15 years and then something new comes out that completely erases what was originally thought mm -hmm. of and everyone goes in full belief of that we've known the government to distrust us to kind of make obscure the truth in ways when it comes to history books i mean christopher columbus he used to bash babies heads on rocks he used to do these horrific acts i don't know if you know yeah. anything about christopher columbus, oh christopher columbus is yeah he's a prime piece of shit he's a savage and mm -hmm. he only lied about gold just so they would send him a way to get back home because they knew they would just leave his ass there just like yeah. martian they sent him out there knowing that they're not going to return for him if he didn't find a planet with suitable life on it you know exactly and you're you're looking at that. This is one movie that made me question a lot. Interstellar, okay? Matthew oh, I fucking love that movie. That movie fucked me up for two weeks. Yeah. I was scared because I was like, wait a minute, is there a planet out there where like the whole idea, the whole concept, they're like, this planet has been transmitting us frequencies and all these things, a beacon. This might be suitable for life because it's been happening for 30 something years. And they mm -hmm. get there and find out that it's an hour that time is seven years back on Earth. So yeah. this thing, they were long gone and they find it's all about tsunamis and shit. Like they saw mountains in the distance. Are those mountains? No, that's a giant wave of yeah. water. Well, and then one thing I think is funny, you even brought up the Martian, but I think we just can't trust Matt Damon is the main problem. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, same thing he, in his planet there, it wasn't suitable for life, but he, yeah, he needed to make it seem like it was so that he could be saved. It's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's it's crazy when it comes to what we're trying to discover about the world when like we're discovering things about the world every single day okay there's cryptozoology one of the main facts in belief for anybody out there that is a skeptic thinking is bigfoot real is all this thing okay i don't think bigfoot's one dude i would like to think that maybe he's the guardian of the forest like coming out in a yogi robe and like right you bring up Smokey the bear and he just slaps the hell out of you but um I think when it comes to cryptozoology, there's 2.2 million species left undiscovered on land, and there's 6.5 left undiscovered in the ocean. Oh, yeah, and that's and that's just a guesstimate. I mean, especially with under the water, we don't really know. Where they discovered two different types of jellyfish last week. You know what I mean, like it's they're just constantly learning these things. So that's one of the main like, and that's where cryptids kind of fall on the line of. It being a conspiracy theory, but not all the way a conspiracy theory. I think it's evidence that hasn't became real yet. Yeah, so that's that's. I mean, and there's definitely some cryptids. Like we we did a Mothman episode that was super fun. I love the story of the Mothman, but that's one of the cryptids that I'm like, mm, okay, maybe it's not a telepathic doom harbinger of death demon giant moth owl creature, but. Maybe it is a really big, weird bird we just don't know about. I actually, I mean, it's, there's a guy at my work that got me into conspiracy theories. He has a Mothman tattoo. He has all the cryptid like uh, badges. He bought all these dope. like little patches to sew onto his shirt. And I'm sitting there like, which ones do you find the most fascinating? He loves Mothman. Um, nobody talks about the Pope Lick monster. I don't know if you know about this cryptid. He's the only cryptid with a death count. Like, well. Yeah, and the reason why is his lair is on top of a mile and a half of train tracks on a bridge where there's no escape once you're on the track. So it turns into oh, stand shit. by me. So <laughs> couples that ever go and die are people that walk the train tracks looking for this monster because apparently he's yeah. just he's just like uh, the New Jersey Devil. He's basically the New Jersey Devil's cousin. Okay. And. Uh, it, there was there was one evidence account that a guy was like we heard noises on a bridge and next thing you know a train's coming and me and my girlfriend my girlfriend got hit by the train was killed and the only reason i survived was because i was hanging on off the side of the bridge and the train ripped off one of my arms and you're like <laughs> i pushed her in the way of the train i was like take the girl leave me alone and then i jumped up <laughs> that's what happens when a fucking monster comes <laughs> bitch i'm tripping you and i'm going out like don't have to outrun the jersey devil you just have to outrun the slowest person in your group <laughs> i was a kid and i watched same rules apply for a bear i was a kid and i watched the x-files and when i was a little kid at my grandparents house like your brain is known to play auditory hallucinations oh fuck yeah things, especially when you're a child and your creativity is running wild so i watched the x-files and i was listening to all these people recount the story of um this new jersey devil and i was like 
could this be possible? Do I think it's a half goat, half thing? No, but you're seeing a lot of people that are belief of that. I don't believe it per se. I haven't found any evidence myself to seem that was real, but this goes in to a couple things like the chupacabra. They find out it's a coyote with mange. They talk about all these things. There is definitely evidence or some type of bolstering a little bit of a little bit of momentum when it comes to the idea of bigfoot thinking it's maybe a species of monkey yeah and like i could that's when gorillas were first discovered they they honestly thought they were a a wild indigenous breed of just hairy people that were just larger hairy people because they saw them walking around they were bipedal you know what i mean and it's just, it wasn't until we were able to learn more and be more open-minded to discovering what makes these animals tick that we found out, okay, it's, it's a form of primate. They're a gorilla. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And I could, I could totally see that, that, you know, in certain areas, uh, you know, there's a lot of Bigfoot sightings that claim based off a description would meet more requirements of an orangutan than of a human. And, and they're all separate. They're all separate species too. Yeah, like exactly. A, a chimp and a and a gorilla are two completely different species. A lot of people lump them into the same category as being monkeys. I'm like, you still there? Yeah, but they lump yeah. them into a category of them being monkeys. Gorillas are completely different in structure. Chimps are completely different exactly. in structures. And then no one talks about their fucking weird ass cousin, the orangutan. They're all completely different species of monkeys. Yeah, and so so why is it so crazy to believe that this Sasquatch or Bigfoot creature is it's just a, another similar cousin type primate? You know I mean, it doesn't have to be Cain from the Bible who was you know blessed with or cursed with an immortality for killing his brother. You know, what I mean, it's not just one weird guy walking around who's just super hairy now. It's and, and its cousin maybe a Bigfoot could be the Yeti. The whole yeah, concept exactly. of that, like that, there's been stories before we had the world of internet where everyone can find out the dumb shit that's on Reddit and Craigslist. Mm-hmm. There was a thing, stories, okay, through our history of a Bigfoot, of all this stuff before social media got really far in. And then there was stuff in our country that were Bigfoot. And there's things coming from a whole different place that we have no contact with yet. The Tibetan mountains talking about a Yeti. We're hitting the similar bases. It's hard to think that there isn't a species or something like that before that existed long before we did. Yeah. It's, and I mean, and a fun part about cryptozoology that they don't get enough credit for is not all cryptozoologists are looking for a live specimen to prove that something is alive now but a lot of the time they're also just trying to prove something was once alive and trying to find remains and fossils and and other footprints and proof of life so i mean that's also true to say that you know maybe there aren't actual like sasquatches anymore but maybe there were i mean you know so that that's just a another twist to that is they're not always trying to prove that there's all these big creatures now, but you know, history has been going along for fucking ever. And there's different stories of different creatures. And why is it so crazy to believe that we don't know all of them? When everybody thinks cryptozoology, when everyone talks about like theories and all these folklore type mythical stuff, that is pretty fascinating. I think everyone chalks up to the same damn thing, you know, vampires and werewolves. Oh my stuff. Like that's not, that's it's not twilight okay we're not dealing with that handsome bastard coming on <laughs> making me but vampires do sparkle though don't get that shit twisted okay that's okay yeah. <laughs> vampires sparkle in the daylight they definitely don't turn to ash or burn <laughs> that's de- yeah that's definitely what it is <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there like i one of my favorite movies van helsing okay huge that Jack is a good one all right the, frankenstein all the, there's been people that have been known to fuck with the dead do I think that someone no. successfully did it right? I don't know. But even it comes to the concept, people are scared of what that does not look like them or that they don't understand. I think there are oh, types sure. of vampires in the world today. I do think there are vampires in the world today. I think there's emotional sucking vampires. There's people that you meet that are literally a wet towel. Ones mm-hmm. that when you talk to, they drain you, your energy vampires, those types. I believe there's people like that. Do I think it's the ones with the teeth, the immortality, and the whole, I want to drink your blood? No, yeah. I don't think it's that at all. I well, and so, and well, and that's what's even funny too, because most conspiracies, if you look into it deeply enough, especially the history of vampires, it's it never once has said anything about 
sharp teeth and them sucking the blood. The actual theories of vampires came from tuberculosis. People were dying from tuberculosis and they didn't know why. They didn't even know that it was tuberculosis at the time. They just saw these people literally shrinking in their own bodies, running out of blood, running out of nutrients, coughing up blood and dying. And they were going, oh, these people are all dying for the same thing. They're all, they all look like they're getting the blood sucked out of them. Oh, wait, didn't their daughter just die last week? Holy shit. Her daughter's probably, their daughter's probably undead and is feeding off of them from the grave. They would then go to that grave and do crazy rituals and shit to the, the corpses that they believed to be cursed with vampirism. And it wasn't until that story became more well-known and they, uh, you know, actually made Nosferatu and Dracula the stories became more like that, you know, and so. And no one even pays attention to the fact that we got one of the most wrong things in history that became a giant trend. Wearing the powdered wigs. Did you know <laughs> that originally started? What, well, wasn't that due from the Black Plague? It was syphilis. Oh, shit. That's what, it, yeah, syphilis. When you syphilis. get syphilis, your fucking nose falls off and you get mm -hmm. these lesions, these giant yeah. like spots where your skin's ripping apart, your hair's falling out. So the rich were constantly breeding with each other, known as royalty, because they wanted mm -hmm. to their royal bloodline. You know, be Good old eugenics, blood. right? Yeah, good old cousin cooking. And it's the whole concept of they were experiencing these diseases, so they would glamour themselves up, use these powdered makeup, and you considered it to be royal. So if you got a white wig, you were royalty. You were being of high prestige. When really, they were trying to, to cover themselves up and hide the <laughs> fact that they're losing their hair. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Good fun tip. Syphilis isn't just an STD anymore, guys. If it goes untreated, you start melting practically. That's a turn to the top of the hut. Right. Well, and so you, you'd asked me earlier what, what I thought was like the biggest driving force in conspiracy theories. You said religion. Uh, and I, I, I agree that's definitely one of the big things that holds it in. But I would say just to have a little more broader topic, I would just say it's the fear of the unknown. Is, is what it drives well, and that and that can envelop it. i think yeah. what questions it is uh i guess maybe i should use in different words i think what oh that's fair um conspiracy theories or questions the government is the basis of religion oh that's you fair know? yeah it seems like the government never wants to test the whole idea of religion because that's one thing they can't handle and I, I see it changing now i can see the government testing it a little bit now when it comes to the concept of christianity and catholics catholics they used to be major major dominant in america today yeah. they're not anymore well and, and i mean and and even before catholicism and christianity t was more prevalent here in america i mean baptists was the the leading religion here for a long time i mean jfk not a lot of people think about this when they tie in the conspiracies he was our first catholic president and there was a lot of upset and debate about that on if that was morally ethical for him to be president because he's a catholic and the restrictions for president is now yeah i mean christian you have to be all these types of things you're not getting in and then we saw obama break that requirement and turn it and be the first black president and people are like then it's hillary's turn i'm like there first of all when it comes to being the president nobody does it right joe rogan says it best a guy oh, a yeah. girl black white doesn't matter it nobody is can do the job of being the president because you can't have one person govern all these different thinking leveled minds and yeah so they wanted hillary clinton so bad just because she was a woman i was like no we need to find an actual good candidate who is a woman if you want a woman president mm -hmm. don't look at someone that's built upon lies i mean her whole yeah it's that, that's what was really hard with that election was i, I mean i'm sure trump makes a great political puppet for a lot of things and that's what i mean the a, a lot of Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, that's what they're looking for. But, you know, I, I agree as well. You don't want to be on the side of, oh, let's have our first female president just because she's the only female running. It's like, ah, uh, okay. Well, I mean, don't look at it as male or female. Look at it as what their politics are. And both were terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I think when it comes down to the basis of things, like I thought it was crazy when the Pope that's in the um, – like that's now the Pope we have today. He took out the Pope mobile. He take out, he like, you know what the Pope mobile is? Oh yeah. 
Okay, that glass. I mean, it's not box. as cool as the Lobotomobile, but it's cool. <laughs> well, we're not, like, it's crazy. He took out the throne. He took out so much and changed so much. He's like, why are we doing this? This is like, you're holding me like a king, like how we used to think back when those guys, like we, we saw they were completely wrong. You're holding me as your God. Mm-hmm. And in a way to some people, he is their God, but he was highlighting the aspect like I'm a human just like you. Okay, I got yeah. appointed for this position, but I want to be real. I want to be connected with my people. And I think that's awesome seeing the Reformation change in the church like that and the fact that we consider the vatican its own country not that we consider it a part of a state or a part of a country Mm -hmm. that's scary shit i think if anybody wants to look up real evidence let's all try and storm instead of area 51 let's storm the let's go storm the vatican right and they can't stop us all i think that'll be great here we go i mean it'll be hard to get a visa to go there but i mean we'll make it work exactly we're all gonna (laughs) we're all gonna have to carry each other and each other's carry-ons and stuff and exactly. all try and go through baggage claim yeah and but yeah I, I agree it's just it's just nuts to see what what people's fears are letting them dictate on you know what they believe depending on especially countries so oh, oh we every we're blaming everything on america and blaming our presidents but like you even said you know the pope and the vatican there's more conspiracy theories about them than there is even about americans but you know, it's just more fun to talk about all of our juicy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really think when it comes to questioning things, I think if the government and everything was just as open as possible, like, look, we're doing this shit. You already guys kind of believe that we're already doing it. I think a lot of people are going to be messed up, but I think it's going to be a dominant amount of people that are going to, you're going to see, start seeing riots happen. Yeah. Stop seeing all these types of things. But you see is you keep secrets. People are naturally curious and they want to fucking know. Oh, for sure. Well, and, uh, and this is one thing that I've noticed in the trend of a lot of conspiracy theories too. Um, especially the last 10 years or so, I feel like there's been more pushing and more publicity of conspiracy theories coming out, which for me as a conspiracy theorist, I was a closet conspiracy theorist for a really long time because I mean, uh, it's a lot of people think I'm just crazy if I'm going to talk about fun shit like this, or they're thinking I'm a little cuckoo balls, or there's not a lot of information out there about it. So I'll just keep it reserved. But so I'm glad that it has come a little more forefront where people can talk about these things a little more openly. But I've been noticing that since we're, we bring up these things openly there's a lot more questions and when there's a lot more questions going around then it's easy to just go right back to pushing craziness so a good example flat earth theorists anti-vaccination theorists uh sandy hook theorists there's there's a lot of negative publicity being pushed towards these groups of conspiracy theories because a lot of people find them offensive or just straight up ridiculous and but and but the thing is a lot of these like main theories now that are well known that pe- a lot of people just think they're just super dumb and crazy a lot of these theorists before they started looking into more of these kind of crazy things were really questioning heavily on theories that were very heavy and true i mean a good example is 9/11 9/11 is getting brought up a lot about 10 years ago, they were pushing more about the facts. They were pushing more about what the government knew and what we were doing with our testing then. And then coincidentally, when more and more people are pushing about 9-11, then, oh, out of nowhere, something crazy like the flat earth gets to be more popular. Uh, and so it just kind of makes you think is, okay, the, the, the government's allowing for these theories to be more out there, I guess you could say. But then is it truly being fed with real information or is it they're just trying to muck up everything to discredit more and more theorists with 9-11 after that happened we passed a federal act where our restrictions and the government was able to watch what we were doing um in case of a terroristic attack when it came down to what we were searching up nowadays it turned into daddy's little watcher when it comes to the concept of now they use it for target advertising we know there's things as sleeper agents these types of people that get brainwashed using a type of uh like put audio headphones on while you're sleeping and then make you play the same thing over and over and over again. So subliminally you get stuck in your head and then you can be triggered to act a certain way. Like exactly. These have been known 
And to think that the government's not doing this stuff and to not even question or even look up anything about it, you're completely doing yourself a disservice as a person to understand like you have to be aware of your surroundings and there's some shady shit going on. Yeah. And and it's, and it's true. Not every, every theory is true. Not every uh, thing that the government says is true, but you have, you have to question them because if you're, if you're not, you you're just being ignorant. I mean, of course, ignorance is bliss and you don't always know about all the fucked up stuff that governments do, but you can't just ignore that it happens either. Don't just be a follower. Exactly. Quit being a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> be the, be the sheep dog or the wolf. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, that's, that's our saying at scapegoats is don't be a sheep, be a goat, which, you know, it, it's kind of a, just a fun play on words, but realistically too, goats are, they, they're, they're, yeah, they're assholes. They're, they're strong-headed. They're, they're uh, stubborn. I actually and, that brings back to the jackass bit where um they're all jumping in the ring and they had like a wee man dressed up as like a marching band person. He was getting rammed. And then Ryan <laughs> Dunn was in it. Everyone's like, well, that's yeah. a stupid bit. That barely looked like it hurt. Those rams and that oh, was yeah. a pretty mature one. I watched a video on Nature's Metal on Instagram. They had two rams about fifty yards away from each other run head first into each other, and this dude was videotaping, and he was at I mean, a good fifty yard distance. These things, all you heard is this giant thump. Like this, yeah. it sounded like two. Like if you had a car and drove it into a brick wall, and they just stood up and like just immediately you could tell like their head was rattled. But these things are fucking monsters, dude. They're smart and they're crazy. And I think that's when people say you're the goat, bro. You're the guy that people think is not going to do anything, but he's actually gonna <laughs> do something. That's right. what it is, you know. Be, Greatest of all time. Yeah, be a goat, not a sheep. Yeah. Exactly. I, I want to give you here a minute at the end, Todd, to at least promote your podcast and tell For people sure. where they can find your awesome content. Because, dude, it's been amazing talking to you and shooting this shit with you about conspiracy theories. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. But yeah, if you if you like talking about conspiracy theories more and want to hear more about it, uh, podcast called Scapegoats. It's a comedy conspiracy theory podcast. Uh, and kind of like I said, it, I'm a theorist, but there's a lot of these things I don't fully believe in, but I just think they're fun to talk about. So. Uh, I'm the host and Regis, my co-host, he doesn't know anything about conspiracy theories. And so it's fun because every episode we go into it and he has no idea what we're going to talk about. And so I just try to mind fuck him as much as possible uh, and just kind of give him a lot of twists and turns through these stories. But I'm also trying to just normalize these theories because a lot of people think conspiracy theories are crazy or too far out there. And we just want to have fun with them and show that it's just a good time it's always good to question damn straight